Welcome to Biting Early, a sports morning show with more kick than a cup of concentrated cold brew. I'm your host, Kev, and let's get right into yesterday's news. Our first story is the alleged return of Terrell Owens. We talked about this briefly last night. What do you think? Are the Cowboys for real here? I think this is all a publicity stunt, naturally. We did see T.O. catch a touchdown pass in the fan-controlled football league. I think this is maybe just an opportunity to quote, tweet Rob Gronkowski and remain relevant. This is not the first time T.O. has teased this same comeback, and I don't, for the life of me, understand how the Cowboys would be improving their lot in life by adding Terrell Owens to their team at this time. I think they'd have a better chance if they had chosen to maybe even add Odell Beckham Jr., who went from, I don't want to play until the playoffs, to maybe I just shouldn't play at all until next year. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. We will follow up on that at another time. However, another person who will no longer be considering playing football for the rest of the regular season is Raiders quarterback Derek Carr and we discussed this last night and in that episode I mentioned to you my opinion that Devontae Adams would be upset about this now that was before reading an article where Devontae was quoted so we no longer have to accept my speculation we have the man's words right in front of us right now. So let's talk about this. We still need to talk about more in general of Derek Carr, but first, here is what Adams had to say. This is from a CBS Sports article uh, via Levi Edwards of the Raiders, and here's the quote. Obviously, I don't think anybody was excited about it in here, Adams said. Him being one of my really good friends and the reason why I came here in the first place. I mean, I wouldn't be here right now if he wasn't here. I think everybody knows how I feel about about him. With that said, this is the process of how things go. And I'm not going to sit here and go on and on, but obviously I support my guy, and we got to finish the season out the best way we can possible with all things considered at this point. Let me reread that. And we got to finish... We got to finish the season out the best way we can possible with all things considered at this point. Okay, sorry. I thought I misread it, but no, that is the quote. You get the point. As we said before, I don't know that the Raiders can move on from Derek Carr without also moving on from Devontae Adams. So what do you think that means for the future of this relationship? It should be noted that Derek Carr is not going to be with the team for the last two weeks, allegedly or apparently to avoid being a distraction. However, Romeo Kidville, James Boyd, a Colts writer for The Athletic and a good follow on Twitter, I suggest you give him a follow if you're not already, pointed out that Matt Ryan has been benched twice by the Indianapolis Colts. He is in a much different situation, but uh, similar, a guy who's under contract for beyond this season, who is clearly... Not the guy, at least for the rest of this season. Again, different situation. Matt Ryan is clearly not the guy for the Colts going forward. It's time to move on. Some Raiders fans may argue the same for Derek Carr. I made a small argument as to why I disagree with that last night. But generally speaking, Carr's been through a lot. I think the coaching staff and upper management is the real problem here in Oakland. I'm not sold that Derek Carr is the problem. 
and I would love to hear Sean B's take on it. We'll see if we can get him our our Raiders correspondent who may be looking for a new team soon, sadly. But what do you think? Is it a bad look for Derek Carr to not be with the team for these last two weeks? Personally, I don't have a problem with it. I think it sends the wrong message. I I think he really should be there unless there's injury reasons for him not to be. However, I, as a teammate, in the locker room, if I'm able to have conversations with the guy, I'm, I'm not going to hold it against him if he's not there. I Again, I think this is more of a bad look for the coaching staff in the front office. I don't understand benching this guy for Jarrett Stidham. We here at Bite Size Sports believe we know what we're going to get out of Jarrett Stidham. But hey, that's just me. Let's move into more of yesterday's news. Zion Williamson dropped 43 points, a career high in a win. But when asked about that win, there was an interesting quote from the Timberwolves' D'Angelo Russell. I have it here. He said, he is playing football. We are playing basketball. We can't touch him or guard him, so good for him. So the Timberwolves not very happy with the way the game was officiated with Zion's career high. Uh, He scored the Pelicans' last 13 points and gave them the lead uh, with about 50 seconds left on a pretty nice cross-up situation. And then uh, they get another stop, and he he gets the steal <laughs> and gets down there and takes it for the dunk. Uh, maybe, I don't know, I'd like to look back at that play. Maybe the Timberwolves have uh, a gripe there. We will have it pulled up for you in the wild world of sports. Do not worry. Also in yesterday's news, Giannis had a 40-20-5 game with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. He's clearly right there in the argument of the MVP once again. However, the Bucks fell apart in a crucial, brutal loss to the previously struggling Bulls, who won by 6-119-113. And we have a follow-up from last night's Hawks-Nets game. This tweet comes from Rob Perez. Hawks down only one point, get a live ball rebound with six and a half seconds left. Nate McMillan, with two timeouts in his pocket, elects not to call one, or elects to not call one. Atlanta, subsequently, has to go the entire length of the floor with the clock running. You'll never guess what happened next. So just an example of some bad clock management. The the real story of that game is the fact that Brooklyn has won 10 in a row. That's the overarching headline there but looking critically as many Hawks fans have and Pacers fans before them this is a bit of a misstep by Nate McMillan I I know there are other coaches in this sphere that will argue this point with me I do intend on bringing this up with James on the bounce tonight at Stadium Rants check that out we're live tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern because I want to see what his thoughts are on this there are two schools of thought here and briefly to put it, some coaches believe if you call the timeout, you're giving the defense a chance to get set and prepare for you. So the idea is you'd rather have the chaos uh, because the defense will be confused and you as a team should have and would have likely practiced these very scenarios multiple times. Chances are, depending on the level that you're playing, you're probably practicing these scenarios at one point in every practice, unless or until you get completely competent and at that point maybe you're just tuning it up with regularity throughout the season but this is something most teams have a plan for so the argument here would be well Nate he knew what his team was supposed to know 
and they're not calling the timeout because you're not giving the defense a chance to prepare. But when it doesn't work, then you have to answer questions like these. So let me know, what do you think? Should the Hawks have used their timeout there to draw up a play? Or if you were on the sideline, would you have kept those timeouts in your pocket and let your players go out and try to win you the game in the final seconds? I don't know. What do you think? Moving on, we have some more of yesterday's news. Devin Booker is, of course, out for a month, allegedly, with a groin injury. Bad timing for the Suns, as some other teams are getting really, really hot in the West. One of those teams, or at least one player, is Luka Doncic, of course. If you haven't heard by now, the 60-21-10 triple-double in NBA first. Just an amazing game that the Magic sorry, that the Mavericks needed every ounce of Luka's magic in order to win. And that is my take from this. This is scary for the Mavericks. We talked about it in the last episode of Bite Size Sports, just about how great this is for Luka and his MVP run and how he is arguably, uh, could be the top candidate right now. He's leading the league in scoring points per game, and then he does something like this. Giannis helped his cause by doing something almost equally impressive the very next night, but the Mavericks, though, needed that to beat a Knicks team that was missing two of its three best players, no R.J. Barrett after cutting a finger early, and Jalen Brunson missed the entire game with a hip injury. We have guys like Fournier not playing. Um, We had a second-year player who averages 12 minutes per game play 46 minutes for Tibbs. We had uh, just multiple players playing 45, 46 minutes for the Knicks. They were shorthanded by injury, but then also by Thibodeau just having players in his doghouse or for whatever reason, his inability, his refusal to deepen his rotation. We run into these problems constantly with Tom Thibodeau coach teams. They run out of gas at the end of the year. It's because of stuff like this. I frankly don't understand how the man continues to get work at this point. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but he's stubborn, and you know what the end result, you know how far a Tom Thibodeau coach team is going to get because his Achilles heel is always the same. It's a lack of depth and it's a tired, exhausted team because he works his guys for 46 minutes in a game in December. And he's going to continue to do that for the remainder of this season. And I'm so sorry, Knicks fans, this is going to be brutal. It's going to be difficult to watch as Tom Thibodeau just destroys the team the potential that you have there it's going to break down throughout the season guys are going to get hurt they're going to miss time it's unfortunate but it's even scarier for Dallas because without Luka they have nothing this is a game against a team they should have won this handily considering the circumstances but that's not how it played out I am very afraid for the Dallas Mavericks I don't think they have a chance of even getting out of the first round in the playoffs as they are currently constituted. Maybe they run into a team that's got some injury issues, or maybe they run into Phoenix and and they can win a series like that. Maybe they get out of the first round. I'm not confident in it at all right now. Moving on to more of yesterday's news, Willie McGinnis, we're going to touch on this very briefly, was suspended after what just looked like a real scrub move. He, he and a bunch of other people grouped up and and suckered a guy in a bar. I don't know the full story. We have the video. It's on our Twitter right now. We will review it later this week, but just have to point that out. Just looked really bad, really vicious. Um, Sad to see. He was someone who I believe had uh, drawn the adoration of lots of fans because of his job uh, 
after his career providing commentary and analysis. So unfortunate set of situations there. Um, not going to speak on any further till we know more, but just a gross looking video. We will look at it later this week. Now, I cannot talk to you about Willie McGinnis or really any sort of controversy without taking a moment to remind you that Brett Favre is a thief who has stolen millions of dollars from the poorest people, or at least money that was intended for the poorest people in one of the poorest states of Mississippi. I still to this day feel that that story does not get the coverage that it deserves. So on this channel, when we bring up relevant, current, most recent controversies, we will continue to prime and pump those other stories that we do not believe are getting the same coverage that these others are. So forgive me, uh, deal with it. We will be talking about Brett Favre. We have one stocked and stored in the archives. We have been collecting this Brett Favre story from the beginning, waiting for it to come to a full conclusion so we can put something together for all of you. But let's move on from one alleged douchebag to another, Carlos Correa of Houston Astros fame, alleged cheater and uh, World Series champion, has failed a second physical, or at least there are issues now with his Mets physical as well. I cannot believe, only, only the Mets, right? What other team in baseball sees that a franchise has negated a hundred-plus million-dollar... <laughs> 10-year contract with a guy and says, yeah, we got it. Let me let me give you all. Here, shut up and take my money. So I, I for one, cannot be surprised at all by this <laughs> current event with Correa's physical being an issue. But uh, what do you think? Were the Mets dumb for making this offer? If you were the GM, or would you have wanted to see your team go after this, go after Correa regardless? Uh, let's say the Cubs fans, you know, we, we got Swanson. Some folks are very happy about that. I know a lot of folks wanted Correa. Let me know. What would you have liked to have seen the Cubs go after him once the Giants walked away from the table? Or was everyone other than New York smart to stay away from this situation? Is this going to be a Billy Bean situation where someone gets a great deal on Carlos Correa? I doubt it. I doubt the price will come down once the physical gets cleared, if it does. Is there a bigger story here? We don't know. We will keep an eye on it. Another thing we'll be keeping an eye on, of course, is the ballad of Chris Ballard, the Colts GM who is looking more and more each day like he might still have a job somehow. We're going to keep an eye on that. The rumors are swirling that Derek Carr could potentially be a Colt. I don't like that at all. I don't like the idea of Chris Ballard getting another year, but we will keep an eye on it. And that takes us to our sports storian segment of the day. Now, we normally will be doing a on this day in history. And in lieu of there being a huge event yesterday on the 28th, we're actually going to do that. And then in later in tonight's episode, we'll do the uh, today's big event in sports. But on December 28th, 1905, the intercollegiate Athletic Association was founded. Now, if you have no idea what that is or why I would bring it up, hold on a second, because that association would become the NCAA in 1910. So on yesterday, over 115 years ago, the vile and disgusting NCAA was born. And that's why that 
was notable and worth mentioning on our sports story and segment of today. So that takes us to our final segment today on the Ocho, where we will look at and highlight some obscure sports that may be coming to a stadium or at least a recess field near you in, I believe, Kazakhstan. There is an upcoming sport out there in Europe. It is called Baterball, B-A-T-Y-R. It is a game of three-on-three basketball that takes place in an octagon. Now, those of you who are intrigued and want to know the rules, I can't really tell them to you. I am still learning them. The video that showed this to me did not know the rules either. It, It looks like most MMA holds are legal, takedowns, hip tosses, I've seen some suplexes, there doesn't appear to be any necessity for dribbling, Uh, the viral clip, if you've seen it, if not, you know where you can watch it later this week, shows one of the players actually breaking the backboard with a dunk, now it should be noted that the rim is just above the octagon wall, so this is not a 10 foot hoop, but this sport looks like pure chaos, I am afraid to watch the highlights because I think I'm going to see someone break a knee or an elbow or something, but I can't not watch, I can't look away. So be certain that at some point when we learn more about Bader Ball that we will bring it up for an episode of Obscure Sports Weekly, which is essentially a deep dive of this Ocho skit. If you don't know what the Ocho is, it's a dodgeball reference, ESPN 8, the Ocho. You've seen that movie? Uh, Chris Jericho does a thing about it now, I think. I don't know what he's doing. I don't really watch a lot of AEW. But what I do watch is the Stadium Rant YouTube channel where you can find not only my show, but Unnecessary Roughness, Another Damn Fantasy Podcast, The Rumbles of Red. We have four live shows running for you throughout the week mainly focused on football, but I've got your back talking hoops. So if any of these stories we touched on this morning seem like something you'd want to hear more of, go and subscribe right now to Stadium Rant. We are ready. The live stream is locked and loaded. You can be notified 30 minutes and 10 minutes before we start, and we'll be right there ready to answer your questions. But in the meantime, stick around here, subscribe, like, do all that good stuff, because we have constant short sports content coming at you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later. Have a great day.